Do you think we're more judgmental than we were before? More fiercely opinionated about things? Are we more divided on so many fronts? What's going on? Could it be that we're becoming far more negative in our communication or that perhaps we're just looking in the wrong direction and we all just need to turn to what is good and common? Well, hi there. This is Tiz and welcome to another episode of Tiz Talks. So I have a question. What's your beef with the world? Robert Frost has a great quote that's so relevant to our world today. And it's give up the lover's quarrel with the world. And I love this so much because we appear to be far more opinionated than we ever have been. I mean, I'm in utter shock at how grown-ups actually comment on things that are so rude and hurtful. And yet these same people would likely discipline their own kids if they spoke up and spewed words like that and commented, made comments toward their parents. They're showing a terrible example. And yet they feel entitled to say whatever they want to online with no filter or decency whatsoever. And it boggles my mind. I mean, we can be part of the problem and be part of the crowd of people who t- who continue to use social media unconsciously and negatively, still carrying around beefs and grudges and spewing out things, just putting more noise out there and therefore be part of a much bigger problem in my mind. Or we can give up that lover's quarrel and make a conscious choice to be part of a bigger solution and offer up something good, something positive, something worthy, and be part of a group of people that are more conscious, that think before they post. When I decided to do Tiz Talks as a podcast, I was all too acutely aware of what I would be putting out there and that I was opening myself up. I was becoming very vulnerable. But on a piece of paper, I wrote down descriptive words of what I wanted Tiz Talks to be. And those words were genuine, real, uplifting, hopeful, entertaining, honest, encouraging, and brave. And I continue to try to work within those sort of guided principles, if you will. But while there's no shortage of things to be concerned about in this world at the moment, we have to equally look at what is good and where the opportunities are and what we can do. Because when we give up that beef, the lover's quarrel, if you will, we start to look at how we can contribute better. Be more productive. When we put the lens on ourselves, we start to see that we can either keep adding to the static and discord and noise that causes everyone so much grief, or we can be part of how we can encourage and create harmony. Being positive in a hostile world to me is not Pollyanna or naive. It's courageous leadership, damn it. It's doing something, doing something good. And we can raise the bar 
and show people how to debate and disagree in a more respectful manner. The thing is, if we want more harmony in our world, we have to find ways to show it, share it, talk about it, lead with it. But to stay silent or simply opting out isn't engaging, it's indifference. And that has never done anything to improve society. So are you indifferent? What can I do to positively contribute to the world? What can I do to take extra good care of myself in the process? People like to project their fears, their rage, their anger, their frustration, and further poisoning and contaminating our world. I have to ask, do you judge harshly? Do you feel the need to express opinions that are not very nice? Do you have people in your life that are judgmental, chronic complainers, and feel they have the right to say not very nice things to people? They are insensitive to how it might land to the other person. There are people that live with this kind of negative rhetoric with the only intent but to feel superior over the other person while putting everyone else down. To me, this is violence and the lowest form of human communication. And I believe deeply that it is these people that take to online forums and carry out their anger and beef with the world. Not all of them. Some of them still do it secretly behind closed doors. But we've given these people a platform. And the more we engage with them, the more they continue. You know, the world (laughs) desperately needs to get a life. Because I think we've been locked down just a little too long. Because it seems to me that people and society have become so harshly opinionated. Everyone feels entitled to comment or give their two cents worth on just about any subject these days. And boy, let me tell you, there's a lot to give comment on these days. Politics, pandemic, vaccines, the massive shifts of work or lack of work, the stresses that it's putting on our families, our opinions of the royal family and of celebrities, of global warming, of cultural differences, of sexuality differences, of women's rights, of world hunger. This list goes on and on. And it seems someone has got a big beef about something. And you know what? It's only dividing us. The amount of negative energy is off the charts. We're so quick to point the finger, quick to blame, quick to judge others. And it's been really bothering me lately. The noise and the static of everyone arguing is affecting me. It's affecting all of us. In a recent Gallup poll, only 15% of people feel engaged and are engaged in their work. And only 15% of people say they are truly happy. And they're likely the same ones that are engaged at work. But that anxiety, too, has increased over 50% from years before. And that's a big problem. If this many people are unhappy, it is no wonder there seems to be more judgment than ever before. 
because we're miserable. These days, I can barely read one post without seeing a comment below that attempts to undermine, contradict, and sometimes downright bully and bash and troll someone. Even when you think the post could not generate a negative comment, I tell you, somehow it attracts someone and sure enough, there's a nasty comment. I saw a very endearing post about Michael Douglas and the love that he feels for his wife. It was beautiful. And the first comment right below it was, he looks like the walking dead. Ew. It was so disheartening. And yeah, Facebook can be one of the harshest places for those horrible kind of comments. So, But so is Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and just about anywhere where there's a comment field. But you know, what I'm reading is that even terribly, on LinkedIn even, unprofessional posts and comments. I'm, I'm seeing conversations by people that have status, people with an education, people that by society standards are decent law-abiding people. They pay rent or have a mortgage. They have a partner. They have a family. They, they have children. They, and yet they are making nasty, underhanded comments on LinkedIn. It, it really confuses me as to how anyone could take time to develop a professional profile on LinkedIn and then think people would want to do business with them after they've been posting such stupid and idiotic and vile comments. It shines a light on their state of being and nothing else. It really has nothing to do with anybody but themselves. So I feel sorry for the ones with the biggest beefs, the biggest quarrels with the world, the ones that feel they need to project all their bad juju on everyone else. You know, the other day there was an article in Forbes magazine about Beyonce's recent success in the music world because she's broken all records, not not just for women, but in total for the most, dec- she's the most decorated Grammy Award winner that's ever been. And some of the comments were, Hashtag who cares? Now, I want to say to this person, if you don't care, then don't read and don't comment. Just just keep going. Just keep scrolling. Move on. You can delete if you like. But no, they have to go out of their way to make a nasty comment. Why? And this came from a small business owner, no less. And I'm sorry, but no one can afford to lose business these days. And another professional person commented about Beyonce that she is merely an artist in quotations who hasn't even written a single song in quotations herself. Well, there were a few people that were quick to jump down this guy's throat to say, uh, do your homework. She's actually the writer and often the producer of her own work. And oh, by the way, she has a net worth of $442 million. (laughs) And on the New York Times, uh, they had a post on LinkedIn. This one really cracked me up. It was about Dr. Seuss. So the famous old children's Dr. Seuss books. Well, their estate have recently announced that they're pulling six of their books for featuring characters in a wrongful and hurtful, slightly racist, stereotypical manner. Well, there were a flood of comments 
And, but the one that got me was from a school teacher that actually made a point of saying and posting, I haven't read any of these books. Now, why she felt the need to give us this pointless information is beyond me. But the response she received from another person, an executive assistant, was what got me, who said, wow, you live a sheltered life. Are you living in a closet? Now, this is a conversation taking place on LinkedIn in public view. And I shake my head that people seem to have far too much time on their hands or not even realize who's listening, who's watching, that they would even bother to respond and just how poorly it reflects on them. You know, here's the thing. Maturity is knowing when and how to comment. Maturity is knowing when something does not require your opinion. So why have we become so opinionated? Why have we become so entitled to judge everyone so openly? What's going on? Well, I guess I have to go back to my statistics that 85% of people are not engaged in their work because you know what? They're spending all their time posting comments online and they are horribly unhappy as a result. We are being overly judgmental because we feel threatened. It means we feel like we're losing control in some way. People are judgmental and critical. These are the ones that have been hurt or wronged or deeply ridiculed and humiliated themselves in their own lives. It's never about the person that they're bashing, but about themselves. I feel very, very sorry for these people. It's no wonder positive engagement is at an all-time low. So how, how do we tackle this? I mean, well, perhaps more of us need to be challenged to what is allowable online and what isn't. I mean, Europe, the EU, is making headway to take on big tech giants by demanding stricter regulations, particularly on social media. I mean, the, the, you know, the internet highway does actually require regulating. We've seen the dark side of how it can quickly incite hate. So it's a good thing that uh, people and governments are starting to pay attention to this. But there's also so much fake news out there. And this is this is what really concerns me. You can have a conversation with someone that say, oh, I heard this happen and that happened. And I'll comment and say, oh, that's interesting. Where did you hear that? And more often than not, they'll say, oh, online or on Facebook. And I just cringe because it's often such false news. So then we have to go to the next level to say, well, did you check with Snopes to Snopes or other places to verify its accuracy? Because now we can't just read something to be true. We now have to do further research to now understand its validity because so much of what we see and read is untrue, false, biased, and downright irresponsible. There is a lack of code of ethics in online communication, and dare I say the word journalism, because the more traditional journalists abide by a creed, a standard guideline of ethics that are five areas, honesty, objectivity, 
fairness, providing impartial facts, diligence, and accountability, and to be prepared to accept consequences. I tell you how tabloids continue to operate is beyond me. I'm all for freedom of speech, but not when it's false and not when it's intended to cause harm. And in particular, not when it's for someone's financial gain. Where is our integrity? Can't we all speak our truths without throwing stones, without making it up? I have a newly launched podcast, as you know, I've, this is only my second season, but I also have a website and I've written a book. I have social media accounts, but I really do fear putting myself out there every day because I do fear what will people say, how, and, and what will they post and how will it affect me? I mean, it's not, not easy to be publicly criticized or ridiculed because words really, really hurt. When I was a little girl, we used to chant a song in the playground. I think everybody knows this song. When another kid would call you a name or whatever, you'd say, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never harm me. But that honestly couldn't be further from the truth. And well, we need to teach our children that words are harmful. I can remember very, very vividly being called names in school and being made fun of, particularly fun, making fun of my name. And I'm telling you, it did a lot of damage and it caused me so much stress and grief as a child. Words damage, words disable us, words change us, words put fear in us. Words stop us from being free to be ourselves. Words can kill beautiful spirits. Words can take away wind beneath wings. And even when words are not directed directly at us, when we read them, we are still adversely affected. We say to all the celebrity and high profile people that they knew what they were getting into and they just need to be more tough skinned. But I'm not so sure about that because I don't think any human being is prepared for any onslaught of online abuse and bullying that seems to be so prevalent now. How do you become so tough-skinned? And yet, we rarely hear about all the good stuff going on in the world. I mean, sure we do. We, you know, we read about really nice things. But I really think that we are too addicted to the bad stuff. And I'm pretty sure there is a lot more good than there is bad going on. It's just that we've given the microphone and the platform to the bad stuff and the bad people. We seem to love reading all the drama and garbage. But, you know, things like, did you know that in 2020, Barcelona Opera House performed a concert for over 2,200 potted plants? Yes, you heard me right. Plants. While theater goers had to tune in online, potted plants got the best seats in the house. And I, I just love this story that they would even make a point of filling an opera house with plants and then to play to them. Oh, that is just divine. 
And we all know that when you talk nicely and play music to plants, they grow and thrive. And we also know this to be true of animals and pets. And just imagine that if we did this to humans and people, what it would do. And you know, there's really great news out there that we're not paying close enough attention to. Did you know that Edmonton's Dr. James Shapiro has cured diabetes in mice? So he raises big hopes for a cure in humans in the very near future. And he's currently trying to raise $22 million by 2022 for all the research and testing required. I mean, 11 million people in Canada alone have some form of diabetes. Now, I would think that this would be an incredible way to, to perhaps give some funding to. But are we hearing about this? And then I love endearing stories like the 29-year-old black man, his name is Sean Dromgul. I hope I don't know if I say that name right, but he was too afraid to walk in his very own neighborhood, a very, very white neighborhood in Nashville. He was afraid, afraid for his life. And he went online to a site called Nextdoor and he expressed his fears. And you know what happened? 75 neighbors walked with him. I love that story. And I know that there's millions of millions more stories just like that. And even things on, you know, that don't make front page news, like Canada has, has this thing called a dark vessel detection program that uses cutting edge satellite technology to find illegal fishing vessels stealing fish from waters around the world. And apparently this is big business and millions and millions and millions of fish are stolen all the time from waters. I didn't know this existed. Has any of this been crossing your news feed? No, likely not because it's not sexy enough. It's not dramatic enough. It's not controversial enough. Everyone seems to be gluttons for all the big headlines, all the big bad stuff. Yet there are so many inspiring stories, so many developments and advancements of things that give us so much hope as humans and, and that matter to humanity. But somehow it all seems to be drowned out by the sensationalized, the flavor and the gossip of the week, and every single person publishing information intended to undermine and hurt. But let me ask you this. If we do nothing about it, are we part of the problem too? Don't we all have a duty and a responsibility to do something about it, to create, to share, to talk about all the good stuff out there, to balance things out a little? We need to see and read more about people and, and showing appreciation to one another. There's so much incredible good news out there that needs screaming from the rooftops, that we need to get just as excited about all of this as all the bad news that likes to rile people up. This is my challenge to every person, to step and speak more, to share the good stuff, to show appreciation more, to post more positive news stories more, to be more informational and noteworthy, 
Because the more we all contribute to the positiveness of news and information, because let's face it, we are bombarded every day, then the more we win and the more we as humans can connect better, understand each other more, support one another more, thrive more. There will always be bad news. There will always be naysayers. There will always be liars and haters. But they don't have to occupy as much space as they seem to these days. So we can all start by tuning out, turning down, deleting, blocking, saying no, not acceptable. They will soon get tired of spewing their venom without an audience. Because as we know, bullies go home when there's no one to push around. We all need to do the absolute minimum and turn our attention in the right direction. We can shift by showing others how great the world can be. We all need to stand up and be the role models for humanity. The great poet and author of The Alchemist, among so many other great books that he's written, Paulo Coelho, he so eloquently says, the world is changed by your example, not your opinion. Just some food for thought this week. This is Tiz Talks. I'm Tiz. Thanks for joining me here today. Please feel free to tell others about the Tiz Talks podcast. Feel free to forward and share. I appreciate all that you can in helping me to get the word out. Thanks and have a great day.